Welcome, everybody, to the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. It is November the 25th, 2022, Black Friday, and it is 2.10 p.m., the shortened day. The market has just closed. As always, we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. My name is David Underwood, and I'm always here with Brandon Beaver. Brandon, did you do any shopping today, man, or yesterday? No, not at all. I am enjoying... My first Black Friday in a very long... Well, I guess last last year I, I didn't have a job either, did I? Okay, my second Black Friday in like 20 years and not being in retail. Nice. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I'm, I'm, I have gone nowhere, and it's been great. And, I mean, I've been... Everybody's been sick the past month, and I catch things if I'm downwind from them. Um, so I was sick as well. <clears throat> We didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving, and that kind of sucked. But finally, today, I'm starting to feel better. So hopefully, that sticks around. Um, yeah, I and I just didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. I I thought about like getting up at like six a.m. and then just driving around and seeing how busy things were, just for the sake of the show and for markets and investing and stuff. But nah. Yeah, you know what? You know all the business news networks have people who do that. Just watch them. Um, I I did some shopping online. I have done some online ordering uh, today and yesterday. So I've I've done my part to keep moving the economy forward. I I've checked that box for us here. So appreciate that, man. I know we're gonna get into this. I don't want to get into it now. Thank you I know for your you're service, to... Dave. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I know we're going to get into all that, the economy, shopping, Black Friday, where everybody's at, how we all look. I know that's a topic we're going to spend some time on. So let's just go. Let's go into it. Uh, rules, rules, rules. Everybody here has listened to us say this many, many times. Brandon and I get together one or two minutes before the show and we tell each other what we can talk about. Then we go right into the show and you guys hear the live discussion back and forth. Literally, Brandon has just told me what he had. I just told him what I had, and then he just hit record because I was annoying him. So um, that is what happened, and this is where we're at. Brandon, I, I, I have done some shopping. I've done my part. Um, I did not go out to the uh, retailers out there, but from what I saw on the news networks today, man, there's not many. There were not the same crowds as in years past. And uh, they've been saying, this is what the news networks have been showing and been saying. I'm just going off what I'm seeing on TV here. And they, they've been saying that these these crowds over the over the past few years have been going down and down and down. And right now, we, we had last year, we had to jump back up because everybody was allowed to go shopping again after COVID. Yeah. But then now it seems like it's it's dying back down again. Uh, what what are you uh, feeling on uh, today's Black Friday? <laughs> You know what? I think uh, Black Friday has been basically just a stereotype for years now. I think uh, all, most of the shopping is done online uh, during this period. Most people don't want to go out and deal with the crowds. And so the result is less crowds. I, I would love to go out and shop. But like you said, I don't want to go out and shop with a million other people shoulder to shoulder. I want to go out and shop. Like It, it could be a little busy. I get that. But I don't want to go out and shop and be packed, you know, and stuck in traffic going from one store to the next. I, I don't mind. I like shopping. I'm one of those people who like to get out, be around people and, and peruse and browse and do all that kind of stuff. But I am not. You know, I, but I did my I did some shopping online this week. And so I got some online things done. Um, I, I also 
I here I will push this out there, guys. Every year I go ahead and buy toys for toys for tots. I recommend everybody do that. Just just go out, buy like a five dollar football or a ten dollar lost small little Lego set and drop it off at a Toys for Tots location near you. These toys go to kids and families that can't afford anything for uh, the holidays. Uh, no matter what holiday they celebrate, Hanukkah, uh, Christmas, Kwanzaa, what have you, Festivus, I don't know, uh, right, uh, or birthday, whatever holiday you're celebrating, you know, these they, they go to that cause. So it's a good cause. I like it. But I will transition this. Disney has been really pushing the Toys for Tots, and that's been a big push of them. And I was surprised to see that because typically Toys for Tots is not seen as a thing that uh you know disney usually joins up with or they are they are seen as two ends of a political spectrum if you will but disney has joined up with them is that a new approach from disney and bob Iger, brandon brandon you know i don't know if that bob Iger just started on sunday so i don't sunday night it was a uh recent uh you know situation there surprised everybody except for apparently uh the board and and people at disney who had been contacting by bob Iger about a potential return for it turns out now at least a month the uh cfo had been complaining about bob about bob chafex uh the former ceo's performance to the board for a while actually and she was upset with how Chafik talked to investors during the last earnings report in the last earnings conference call. So Disney streaming more than doubled its losses year over year in the recent quarter. And uh, Bob Chafik being super positive and upbeat on the earnings call rubbed everybody the wrong way, including the CFO. And they felt like there were a lot of problems at Disney that need to be resolved that he was not recognizing um, and didn't want to own up to. So one of the things that was really, really, really bothering people, the revenue that's coming from the parks this year, and they've seen record revenues and and record profits from parks, uh, but it's been um, siphoned into streaming. And a lot of the revenue that they would normally see Selling movies to movie theaters and stuff like that, too, got siphoned into streaming. So um, I think Mr. Iger's, number one, his one of his biggest um, one of his biggest challenges now, make Disney prof, Disney Plus profitable without cannibalizing the uh, the other departments. And then number two, you got two years, man. You got two years. Make it so that we don't need you again. Go ahead, Dave. All right. So a couple of things here. Um, I knew we we're going to get into Disney. You mentioned you want to talk about Iger and Disney. I, I like your, your your points there on what you're asking of of Iger and Disney, but I, I do want to preface this and and you're, it seems like you're downplaying what they did with Disney Plus. They launched a brand new streaming service, right? After they had uh, purchased a big chunk of Hulu and, you know, they had purchased ESPN, so ESPN plus Hulu, and, you know, they came out with Disney plus. And so in order to grow the subscription base, they had to keep the costs extremely low and and pretty much not make a profit. Like they gave it out free everywhere. If you signed up for this phone at Verizon, it was free. If you signed up over here for Hulu, it was free. If you bought this bag of chips and it was free. Um, it was like everything was you could get it for free, and they did that to rapidly grow that streaming base. 
And then once they started rapidly growing the streaming base, you know, they started they they've raised the prices a little bit, and they're going to continue to raise the prices on the streaming. And they're gonna they're starting to see some a, a cycle, if you will, of shows come through and releases that are Disney Plus only. And that is hopefully going to grow the the base going forward. I know they put a lot of money into the Kenobi show. The Mandalorian's been a success. Uh, Andor was a, a another one they put a lot of money into. I know Moon Knight was a success for Disney. There's different ones that were successes, and there's different ones that they put a lot of money into. Uh, and you know what they're they're trying to find what actually is making them money. What actually is what do their fans want to watch? Uh, it's surprising that they came out with this new Willow um, TV series and they announced it a little bit after the streaming service went up and running. I assume they 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 waited for a little bit and saw that everybody went in and watched the movie Willow and so they're like, hey, let's just do a TV show. Um, so now we got a Willow TV show. Uh, and, and so, I mean, I don't know. You, you got to give them credit. You can't say that it's just siphoning money from everywhere because they had to put a lot of money into something to build it for nothing. So Disney Plus launched in November of 2019, though. So I think that uh, November of 2019. So I think that people are just looking for more organic revenue growth towards profitability rather than taking money away from other departments. That's what people are looking for. And um, Disney Plus was Bob Iger's brainchild, not Chafix. So um, this is something that Bob Iger needs to prove himself on. And also he needs to prove that the $74 billion uh, acquisition of 21st century Fox's entertainment assets, which he oversaw, he needs to prove that that can be a profitable acquisition as well, because that is a large price tag to pay. He only paid $4 billion for Lucasfilms. So these are things that I, I'm a Disney shareholder, but these are things that Iger needs to prove. Um, I'm glad that he's back. I'm happy that he's back. Uh, some hedge funds out there, including Tryon Management, uh, are skeptical as to whether or not Iger is the man that can uh, take Disney into the future. I understand that reasoning because they they point out that $74 billion price tag on 21st Century Fox's uh, assets as a reason as to why they're skeptical. Um, so I get the skeptical, uh, nature of it, but this is one of the stocks that I bought because it was beaten down. Um, I would compare it in a way to, uh, Warren Buffett buying Coca-Cola when, uh, they got rid of their original Coke, um, ingredients and, and they came out with the, uh, uh, the new Coke. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yes. So Warren bought it then. And and he bought it because of the brand. I'm buying Disney because of the brand, and I'm betting that they will make a turnover or turnaround, basically because they are Disney. Everybody in the world knows Disney. Everybody. I think. Well, I think people people look at Disney and they, they think it's just of Disney products, but they don't understand there's so much more to Disney. Disney owns ABC, ESPN, the Disney parks. Disney owns Star Wars, Marvel. Disney owns. Uh, uh, most of Hulu. Disney owns a ton of stuff. And now they own the streaming rights to The Simpsons. Right. And and, and there you go. I mean, so D Disney is a a conglomerate of of media. And and it, it's a lot more than just, you know, the typical Snow White 
Little Mermaid and those type of shows. It's, it's a lot more than just that. Yeah. And and people have to take that consideration when when you when you look at Disney as a whole and take the the they want the streaming service to be a a profitable uh revenue making uh part of the company so they can use those funds to grow some of the other areas. Finish out the Hulu acquisition. I can't talk today for some reason. But finish out the Hulu acquisition, and then uh, I think you just combine them. Combine this. I mean, they've been doing all these bundling services and stuff like that. I think you combine Hulu with Disney once they uh, once they buy that out, which will happen by 2024. Iger said as well as Chafik did uh, earlier that they want to speed up that acquisition. They've got. Um, Two-thirds of Hulu right now, they want to finish out buying the last third from Comcast and make that deal uh, official. All right, so go ahead. Then, You're talking then, about – yeah, sorry. And then and then you'll have a streaming service that has more subscribers than Netflix. You'll you'll be the, t- the leader. Yeah, well, because you combined a couple different streaming services into one. Um, but, like, all right, I, I'm not so uh, – so, uh, optimistic on the strength of the consumer come next year. I'm not. Um, what I'm seeing is, and and hear me out on this for for like give me a, give me a second here. I'm seeing a lot of companies doing a lot of job cuts, and what they're doing is they're they're right sizing the quote unquote their companies for the future uh, economy, right? And right now, what you're seeing is, and these are the headlines coming out. Britain is in a horrible downward recession spiral. Europe, all of Europe is in a recession. These are headlines I read today, Brandon. I read these headlines today. China, you have unrest all across China. You're seeing protests on TV. You're seeing people outside Foxconn throwing like guardrails at the police officers. People were upset in China. People got upset in China for a number of different reasons. One, they're paying when wages were awful in conditions, working conditions at Foxconn. Apple had to send fly out a team just to go to the Foxconn facility. And this we're going to get into Apple later, but this is going to hurt Apple's supply chain. But um, you also have uh, you know the Chinese who are very restricted on what they can see and hear on social media. They actually the Chinese government thought it'd be cool to allow them to watch the World Cup. Well, they watch the World Cup and they're like, look at all these other countries with no mask and they're allowed to be around their friends and family. Why are we not? And now you have protests on the rest of the street. So I say all this to come back to America and the U.S. economy, right? In the U.S. economy right now, we are still doing well. Uh, I, not well. We're still we're still getting by. We're doing good. I wouldn't say well. We're doing good. Um, and. I, I'm worried about first quarter of next year after the holiday whole, I got to spend money holiday and we get through that and into January, people are going to cut costs. Are they going to cut a streaming service like Disney? Are they going to cut these streaming services and really dictate which ones they really want to stick with? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I think that I'm, I'm concerned about the, the uh, consumer as well. I think that this actually just makes it more important that Hulu is uh, the acquisition of Hulu is completed. And I think that they combine the services um, mostly because I do think that people are going to cut, uh, you know, not cut the cord, but cut their streaming. Disney could be the first one on the chopping block because it's more of a niche program. You know, um, it's not Netflix kind of has everything on it. You know, for anybody, they've got Netflix kids, they've got uh, the adult shows, they've got comedy, they've got all that stuff. 
Um, Hulu does as well. And Hulu's even got live TV for people who don't want to have cable anymore. You can watch all your sports, all your live TV, and all your good channels on Hulu every day. Um, I think you combine the services, you up the cost a little bit, and then you, you're going to be profitable. And then it's going to look better on your balance sheet as well because it's not going to be a separate asset. Um, so I think that's important. I'm with you on the um, economy. I think that we've got a good bull case to go for the rest of this quarter, as long as the Federal Reserve isn't super hawkish on, this, on December 14th when they meet. Um We've, we've got a situation where year-over-year uh, year inflation numbers for no- November and December are going to be up against uh, last year's numbers, which were already inflated. So it's going to be really hard for inflation to stay at 7% and 8% and not come down just because of that. Uh, I think that um, the COVID lockdowns, at least temporarily in China for the United States, are going to be good for the consumer only because it's going to cut oil prices even more than what they've been cut. Um, the supply chain will catch up with us though, uh, as far as, uh, China lockdowns go again. Um, but that's just something that we've been dealing with since COVID started. It, it just like, you know, it, it hasn't changed, uh, all that much. It just, you know, it gets better then it gets worse and then it gets better and then it gets worse again. Um, but for right now, the dropping oil prices, um, coming out of, because of China and, uh, the heightened consumer spending are probably going to get us through this quarter. Next year, we're going to have deflation fears and and probably deflation as well. You're going to have more of the supply chain situations from China affect us more around that point of time. But then also you're going to start seeing the effects of the Federal Reserve's quantitative tightening and uh, unloading of their balance sheet and, and interest rates. Those effects are going to come through to the consumer. And I think next year is going to be tough, just like you. I do think that, though, the rest of this year... There's a good case to make that we're going to have a bull run back to about 4,400 on the S&P 500 before we come back down again. Wow, that is not the same Brandon I heard earlier in the spring this year. 4,400 on the S&P, wow. The landscape's changed just a little bit. Um, It hasn't changed in the fact that I still think that we're going to be – in a bear market for a long time as far as the rallies get sold i just think that this could be a very strong santa claus rally to sell off in january again yeah no i'm 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 willing to you know make a few trades in december there's a few i've been eyeing to have taken some dips i mean tesla's back up Uh, it's amazing i i I dca'd when it dropped down to lower um, I'm, I'm still not profitable on it, but I am because of my dollar cost averaging done it twice now because of dollar cost averaging. I am getting close to being profitable on, on my Tesla, even though I said buy it two fifteen. <laughs> yeah. but you know, I, I, I'm looking for some bull, uh, cases in December to make some quick money. And, uh, I I'm looking for trades cause I want to be out by the end of the year for tax purposes. Yeah. So let so. me tie a nice little knot on this real quick and just and give a better explanation here. So when gas prices go down, the stock market's been taking that as a bullish signal. Uh, the China situation and all the other issues in Europe, including Great Britain and stuff like that, that could cause people and I think has caused some people to rush to safety in the treasuries and, and drive the, the treasury yields down. What has happened to the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ every time oil has come down and the treasury yields have come down? The NASDAQ has come up and the tech stocks have come up. 
So I think in the short term that provides a bull case for a you know for a, a runway, not a long runway because I don't think it goes until next year, but um, you know for at least a short runway going into next year. I agree. I agree. And you know, as, as we look at it, things, we'll get going. Um, any more though on Disney though, or did you want to move on to uh, the broader economy and go oh. more detail? I mean, we can move on. Iger's his accomplishments were Lucasfilms, <clears throat> Lucasfilms and Star Wars. Uh, the 21st Century Fox, I don't know if you can call it an accomplishment yet because it hasn't proven itself. Um, Pixar, you know, he's responsible for Toy Story being a, a Disney property. He's done a lot of really good things there, so I'm, I'm happy he's back. Good, good. All right, let's go back into this economy, the discussion that we, we started, and you wanted to wrap up with Bo, but I'm not ready to wrap it up yet. I want a few more things I want to talk about. Oh, you're good. Um, so I'm going to go over here and then we're going to go from Reuters uh, news uh, headline here. It said job cuts announced by U.S. based employers jumped 13 percent in October. Right. So that's that was the highest since February of 2021. Um, Amazon, uh, uh, they had a target around 10,000 job cuts recently. Uh, Meta as 13 percent of its workforce or more than 11,000 people. Citigroup uh, making job cuts around their investment banking division. Uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, they were expected to start a fresh round of layoffs coming up. Uh, that was reported on November 3rd um, as the bank's deal-making businesses are taking a hit. Intel, uh, they told Reuters that, quote-unquote, people actions would be part of a cost reduction plan. I love that, people actions. Be part of a cost reduction plan. Uh, so they're trying to cut costs by $3 billion in 2023. Microsoft, they uh, they laid off uh, a thousand uh, employees over several divisions the past week. Uh, Johnson and Johnson um, saying they're going to go ahead and cut some jobs amid inflationary pressure and stronger dollar. Um, they're looking at that quote unquote right sizing itself. Uh, of course, we all know Twitter and what Elon Musk is doing over there with its layoffs. Lyft, uh, they laid off. Uh, they said they would lay off thirteen percent of its workforce. Um, after they already cut uh, about 20 jobs earlier this year. Warner Brothers, uh, they're looking to lay off. They're lower their headcount by 5 to 10%. And I can tell you what, this list is going on. This is a long list. I'm not even halfway through this list. And when I look at all these major corporations, I'm just going to stop there. You get the point I'm making. The point's clear. When, when I look at this long list of companies preparing for a recession, preparing to have uh, lower uh, profit margins because of inflation, preparing for uh, a downturn, it, you know, and then you, you, it makes you worry when you see also today, the Black Friday, you don't see the numbers coming in the way you want to see them. You don't see uh, the shoppers out there at the stores. Maybe that's because of change in shopping, like we've talked about. Maybe it's more people shopping on mobile and and via social networks. But, you know, we were seeing lower numbers everywhere. You know, it... <sighs> I, I I I want to agree with you and say that we're going to get a nice little rally. I'm looking for it. I would love to make some trades in December. You know, I'm kind of concerned that the numbers we're going to get over the next few days are not going to be good enough and that the market's going to go down because of the numbers. Thoughts? Short Abercrombie and Fitch. Short <laughs> Well, I tell you what. I mean, here's the way you're going to be right because in, in that trade, even if even if I think you know that the the uh, holiday numbers are going to be pretty good for the for this uh, for this year, uh, Abercrombie's just overvalued. 
It's like the people who make money shorten UVXY, right? Um, so here's the thing. They're saying like, yes, you're seeing fewer customers, but the customers are showing up are going to stores like an Apple store, right? Or they're going to uh, a Macy's. But you're you're not seeing people lined up outside a Foot Locker. You're not seeing people lined up like an Abercrombie Fitch or a Hollister. Nobody's lining up outside those stores. Nobody's shopping. They're shopping these other stores. You know, they're shopping the 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 chic stores, if you will. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The uh, <clears throat> list of the top search companies for Black Friday sales, which Amazon has been on con- pretty consistently, they've been number one. Now it's Walmart. Walmart is now number one. Amazon is number stealing one. my four. thunder. That's all I'm saying. Just stealing Amazon my thunder. Amazon is number four. Amazon is four. Walmart is number one. I was going to bring that up. I was going to go and say, it. and here's my reason and why I think that is the way it is: is that people are searching on Walmart this year because they're looking for lower price deals. People believe in their mindset. Like, look, I can't even afford Amazon anymore. I got to go to Walmart, and I, I that should tell you about the health of the consumer. Are they going to spend? Yes. But they're going to spend at, at, at places where they could get a better discount. So either retailers give them better deals or Walmart's going to be doing better than everybody else. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. that's all I'm seeing. They're going to need to really unload that uh, extra apparel and electronics inventory that they have right now. Do they need to basically be giving it away at this point saying, look, you could, if you buy this, we'll give you a clearance item for free. Yeah. You know, and just move that product out because they're sitting on tons of it or just I give mean, it away. I've seen just give it away at this point. I've seen 75, 80% discounts. Yeah, you know what? Here, chinchilla picking podcast. You guys heard it here. Target, I want you to go reach out to Goodwill and I want you to back up your trucks to Goodwill and give it away and do some good this December. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Brand new clothes, give it to Goodwill, let let Goodwill have all the stock they need, and you get to move that inventory out of your system. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make some money back on it, take it to Plato's closet. <laughs> They'll at least give you the gas money. There you go. Right. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I'm I'm concerned, man. I'm concerned. I see these these companies job cuts after job cuts after job cuts. And they're trying to spin it every which way. You heard it, they're right sizing. We may have some people actions. I'm like, come on, guys. You need to do some job cuts because your workforce is too big. And I was reading some of these numbers there and, and on some of these companies. And I did the math of how much money they said they would save by cutting X amount of jobs. And the average the average amount of uh, money per person after I did the, the, the visible math, like say 1 million divided by you know, 150 or whatever it was, right? Some of these companies will be saving $195,000 of employee. I'm like, what are you paying your employees, man? And why didn't I get a job with you back in the day? Because that's ridiculous. Right. Is it just all the health benefits? Or, I mean, do they have the like the Cadillac health plan there at that company? That was, I, I, I couldn't believe the numbers I was getting. Or are they just laying off all the top tier people? Are they getting I'm rid of vice presidents? I'm Is it vice you. presidents? I mean, I don't know. I'm executives, engineers, whatever. I uh, I miss having a Cadillac health insurance plan, though. <laughs> Those no longer exist, unfortunately. But you know, I don't know. I I quit my job what a month ago. It took me a week. It took me a week to find a prospect in it. So unemployment's still pretty low. 
it's just, you know, we're starting to see the cracks in the economy a little bit at this point. Who knows where it goes? Um, I thought unemployment would be much higher than it is by now. I think this time next year it will be. Look, I'll, I'll tell you this, though, Brandon. Like, uh, you're at a point in your life where your your resume is a little bit better than what it used to be. And, and you know, that makes a difference when you're out there applying for jobs. Yeah. So it, it it's like my resume. I have forever amount of years of, of, of management. I'm not going to say in what field or anything, but a lot, forever amount of years in management, upper management and middle management. I could go get a decent paying job very easily and quickly because of my resume, but I'm at that point in my life too, you know, but the, the question goes back to those who are not, don't have all that experience in the resume and they're in their twenties, you know, and they've never worked through a recession or worked through a downturn in the business cycle and they they don't have an understanding of what it's really like. Uh, that that's where my concern is because, you know, it, we we have affluenza is is running rampant among all the TikTokers and Instagrammers of the world nowadays, and I I don't know how they're going to deal with you know not being able to find a job next week. Yeah, I don't know, and but you know a lot of people just think that they can go out and and. Um do the gig economy and you know go go door dashing and at this point in time hey if you're an entry level sales associate at um you know in, in retail or something like that you can at this point in time you could just go door dash and make the same amount of money that you would make as a retail associate and not have to deal with the same restrictions you know but during a recession people are going to cut that people aren't going to be doing the door dashing people aren't going to be doing the ubering and all that stuff um so you're not going to have that either. So maybe stick with the job you have if you don't have a resume built up yet. Yeah, and that that's hard for that's hard for people to take, you know. It but at the same time, I mean, we're just, we're making assumptions though about people, and we could be wrong on those assumptions. But at the same time, if you're an employer, stop acting like your employees are expendable. Then you won't have so much of a trouble with uh, with keeping them. So it kind of goes both ways. But there you go. Uh, there you go. What you got next, man? What you got? Well, next? Actually, we've, we've covered everything that I had technically to say. Uh, the Disney thing. Um, you know, Bob Iger's had a lot of good uh, accomplishments. Um, he's got a lot left to prove still. So we'll see if he can do it within two years. His biggest biggest challenge is to make it so that disney no longer needs him uh you know same thing with howard schultz over at starbucks though like you you've got to make sure that when you're done with starbucks you don't have to come back that i mean that's what you would like i mean howard schultz was a different type of person though man and and they it's hard to replace a person like that as ceo of a company yeah well he's gonna die sometime we don't live forever I mean, that's true. Pressure. That's true. I want to talk about, so since we've got a few minutes here before we go into final thoughts, let's spend just three to four minutes real quick on Foxconn, Apple, and the unrest in China, and how now that uh, all the analysts, <laughs> the talking heads on CBC and Bloomberg were saying that, uh, you know, you could probably buy an iPhone, a new iPhone this week. But next week you might not be able to, and it might be like a a forty day, sixty day waiting period before you get your iPhone in. They get to put on order, 
you know, and, and the question was, and I already have an answer in my mind, and I've already heard many answers to this question, but I want to hear your answer, Brandon. I want to know, is that going to affect anything with Apple? And is that going to affect any kind of consumer spending with Apple? So it already is. There's actually CNBC right before we uh, we went on the air. They were they were at an Apple store and they were interviewing people who were being told that the iPhone 14 uh, deliveries were delayed, and these people were going with iPhone 13s instead. Um, so it's already affected them. Absolutely, it's going to affect them, especially if China goes into full lockdown mode. So, all right. So, given the the human rights aspect of Foxconn and China, and and that's still where Apple gets most of its uh, products made and and serviced, um, are people going to start switching Apple and canceling um, Apple and go, go to a different uh, phone carrier? And uh, not carrier, but phone. Who who are they going to go to? But Samsung's Samsung. made in Korea. Is it made in Korea? They don't use Foxconn because no, a lot they of use them. they use they use Foxconn. Yeah. For different parts and services, yeah. yes. And so does Microsoft. So, I mean, not that Microsoft's big into cell phones. No, but Google is. Google is yeah. making a play for it. Yeah, I know, but I don't care. They've tried before. They did a Google phone like 10, 12 years ago. It went nowhere. That I mean, I own Alphabet stock. I own it. Uh, I don't just like, why are you even trying anymore? Why? I don't get it. Stop. Apple owns the market. 98% of the people who use Apple iPhones never leave the uh, iPhone ecosystem. It's because you can't. Apple's got it locked, and that's why I don't like about Apple. Apple has that system on lockdown. You can't. They make it too impossibly hard. It's not that they don't want to, Brandon. It's that the Apple has made it too hard to, and most Americans are lazy. And that is that is the reason why. Samsung makes a great product. See, this is a Samsung versus Apple discussion. And Samsung makes a great product. And Samsung Samsung has a great foothold in Asia. Samsung is, um, you know, it's a homegrown product in Asia. They, they've got a lot of the Asia market. Samsung's fine in cell phones. Google, you're another American company. You're not going to make headway in Asia. You're not going to make headway against Samsung and Apple. I don't think so. Maybe this won't age well. If it doesn't age well, I'll be fine because I own the stock. I'll be happy if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. So, all right, all right. So, I'm gonna, let me break this down for you, man. Up until just a few years ago, the number one selling cell phone in all countries except for the United States was Samsung. All countries in the world except for the United States was Samsung, right? Apple outsold Samsung in the United States, United States only. Now Apple outsells Samsung in the United States, Great Britain, and I believe it's like two other countries, and that's it. And and Hawaii is now the biggest seller in China. Yeah. So you have Hawaii and Apple now taking market share away from Samsung. Um, but people people don't understand that, you know, America makes up yes, 360 million people. That's a that's a lot of people. But just because Apple's the number one seller here does not mean it's the number one selling in the world, okay? There's yeah. 8 billion people in the world. There's only 360 million of them in the United States. The rest of the world the rest of the world has said Samsung is better. Okay? So but, that's that's what I want to point out. But that doesn't make a case for the Google Pixel phone doing No, anything. it doesn't. It makes actually a harder case for the yeah. Google Pixel because now a U.S.-based company wants to start pushing a phone in the U.S., which is already highly competitive between Apple and Samsung, and you want to take market share away. Who are you going to take it away from? Nobody. 
I mean, who? You're going to take yeah. it away from Samsung? Maybe. Are you going to take it away from Apple? Probably not. Those Apple people, like, they're stuck. Yeah. They're stuck it, in that ecosystem. One, it's going to be one of those promotional phones that, like, T-Mobile has to give away to try to get customers. That's what the Pixel phone is going to be. I don't know. So there was this, uh, the guy who created the Android system uh, initially, he came out with his own phone one time that w- that completely gave 100% um, uh, of the decision-making how to use that phone up to the person, the end consumer buying it. And you can set it up, personalize it however you want, which is a great idea. But the problem is, again, most Americans were lazy. We don't want to do that. Right. We want this done for us. You create the ecosystem and make it nice and easy for me. There was a there was a small niche amount of people that wanted that, and those are usually computer programmers, so that they can use those phones for some other reason or service, um, business related and not personal. Right. Um, and that that was that was the reason why those sold at all. But uh, you know, I mean, it's it just goes to show you the the U.S. consumer, but. I, anyways, back to the point. You're not going to be able to buy an iPhone 14. You can, but it's going to be 40, 60 days out before you get it. Yeah, you could do the pre-order thing, pay for it now, and then wait for it to come in, and uh, and get it that way. And that's because of everything that's going on with Foxconn and China. And there's just a back order of these iPhones. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt some sales. But I think Apple at this point now in time makes most most of money off subscriptions and subscription service, charging you for your iCloud, charging you for your i Apple iMusic, charging you for FaceTime things, charging you for anything that Samsung will give you for free, charging you for because that's the, you know, how Apple works. Yeah. Well, these companies really need to start migrating away from China. Yeah. They need to, and you know, and, and I see that, you know, Intel and, 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 um, NVIDIA and even Taiwan semiconductors are building plants here in the United States to try to, you know, fix the supply issues. And that's not going to be fixed until 2024 when those factories are up and operating. And that's good and everything, too. But they could start migrating to India and into some lower cost companies or countries as well. You know, um, I don't see a problem with migrating to India or Vietnam. You know, here, here's what I say. Like, so the poorest country in the whole Western Hemisphere um, is poor because they don't have any infrastructure. They don't have the ability to withstand uh, earthquakes or uh, hurricanes that might come through, right? And I'm talking about Haiti. But a company could come in there with probably, what, $600 million, $1 billion, and they could build that infrastructure in that tiny country because it's a small country, and they could build a plant for right, another right. billion and it'd be very close to the United States, and you have very, very cheap labor because that's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, and they need it. They need it. We don't. We don't really need it over here. I yeah, mean, they need the jobs about, there. We need the jobs. We don't really want to make the shirts. We want to wear them. You know, I think that Dave Chappelle said that or something. I picked that up from somewhere. We don't want to. We don't want to make the Nikes. We want to wear them, and that's true. We don't really need the the manufacturing jobs here anymore. People talk about you know wanting to bring manufacturing back to the United States. We need uh, IT jobs. We need semiconductors. We need all that stuff, but um, we don't need the manufacturing of them. Right. We need more software. We need more software engineers here in this country because most, most companies are at their limit of visas that they're allowed to use to bring software engineers in. Right. So uh, we do need more software engineers out there. So if you're in high school right now, listening. 
become a software engineer, you get a job really quick. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> really quick. Yeah. Always be employed. That, that's kind of the, the, the cue there. Anyways, final thoughts. Brandon, take it this way. You can even freelance as a software engineer. Yeah. You don't even have to be employed by a big company. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know what? I've already kind of tied a bow on it. And what I was talking about before, I think, you know, the, the, the lowering of the oil costs and um, lowering treasury yields as people, you know, kind of search for security all over the all over the globe going to provide a short term boost to uh, the NASDAQ and spy going through the year, I think. Um, but then after that, it's back to troubled waters because this year we were dealing with uh, hyperinflation next year. We're going to be dealing with deflation and that's a whole different animal, but you know, the fears are going to be there. So my final thought has to do with a new software you could download for your Tesla car. New software costs $15,000, but if you download that software, your car can drive itself. If you have a Tesla car, it can now drive itself anywhere in the United States. Download the software for $15,000. My daughter came up to me and she was like that because we're watching CNBC together. This is how I'm raising my daughter. Um, she said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I spend $15,000 on a software to, to, so that my car could be self-driving? Why wouldn't I just buy a self-driving car? And I said, well, because they're going to charge you $20,000 extra for that self-driving car at the car lot, or you could just pay $15,000 for the software. That's how it works. Um, you know, we got to we gotta pay for all the research going into it, and it's got to make a profit for the company so that the, the company can use those funds and build more plants and create more jobs. This is how it, it, it works, you know, and I think that that creates a good positive case for Tesla in spite of all the recalls the past week, which they've been continued to have hit. Uh, Ford had a recall as well. Uh, so there's a lot of recalls currently in the automotive industry right now. And I believe that, you know, this could be an issue going forward as we move more into computer-based electronic vehicles, AI vehicles. Um, we might see more of these type of recalls because we're still we're pushing really fast on a system that has not had the amount of years and testing that probably should have been done. But uh we are still pushing really fast to move forward to the next step tomorrow. Um, but having said that, that also offers an opportunity for a company like Blink Charging, who has dropped by more than 50% in the past few months and is down to just $13 a share. Am I looking to buy that? That is a possibility. It's on my watches. It's at the top of my watches right now. And I'm thinking about creating a position. I'm not ready quite to pull the trigger yet, but that at that price is now more reasonable and much more uh, of an opportunity value, if you will, going forward to buy Blink charging at $13 a share. I'm looking at it. I haven't decided yet, but uh, that's a good one to go into. That's my final thought. Imagine a future where we've almost perfected this technology and we've been able to scale it to the masses and we make alcohol and drinking related accidents obsolete that that would be um that would be amazing that would be a good good positive thing yeah yeah i i like it i like it and um, that's a good positive note to end with so having said that as always we've hope we've been entertaining educational and uplifting because we want everyone to make money have a good night have a good night